you got a Bible, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. Let me start with a poll question for the ladies, okay? I'm going to ask you a question, give you uh, three options to, uh, to answer, and then we'll go back and let you vote on each one. So, uh, ladies, moms, okay, so if you had these three options, which would be your preferred choice, okay? Uh, if you got a weekend away at a spa... That sound pretty good? How about if um, people in your house took care of all the housework, all the household chores for the next month? <laughs> all right, we're about to have revival. Uh, <laughs> or how about if you could get a guarantee that your children would obey and honor you for the rest of their lives? Now, this is a hypothetical question, lest you think I'd be guilty of false advertising. So let's vote. How many of you vote uh, for option number one? Raise your hand. All right. How about option number two? All right. <laughs> Jessica, you're like 14 months pregnant. Can't you get this already? I mean, you should be able to work this out. All right, so how about option number three? <laughs> All right, we got men voting. Uh, <laughs> Zach, you're, Zach you're, you're a dad, not a mom. Uh, just, uh, okay. <laughs> All the above, okay. Well, talk to your family about that then. So, uh, I take it that we would uh, like to be obeyed and, and, and honored then, that, that that's something that we want, and uh, actually, you know, that's what Scripture uh, commands us to do as kids. That's, that's what we're going to look at today. You know, I, like I said, I can't guarantee that it's going to happen, but uh, so, you know, we, we've been in the book of Ephesians since January. Uh, we're actually near the end of chapter 2, but I thought for Mother's Day and Father's Day, since uh, we're in Ephesians anyway, uh, that we would skip ahead into chapter 6 because there's a little section there that deals with uh, children and parents. So today we're going to look at it from the children's side. On um, Father's Day, we're going to look at it more from the, the parents' side. Uh, verse 4 specifically addresses fathers. But since we're jumping ahead, let me just give you a little context, and, and then we'll read this, this scripture and, and look at what it says, what it tells us to do. But basically, there's two big parts to Ephesians, as is common with Paul, Paul's letters. There's a doctrinal section, and there's an application section. The first three chapters, he's teaching us about what Jesus has done for us, who we are in Christ, who we are together as the church, those kind of things. And then the last three chapters, he's telling us how to live that out. So once you get into chapter 4, the first verse there, there's like a transition uh, sentence. And it, he begins to talk about how we're to walk. And walk refers to lifestyle, how we're to live this out. And that goes through chapter 5, verse 21. And then in chapter 5, verse 22, through chapter 6, verse 9, there's a family section. And then it, it finishes up, other than kind of the, the closing 
uh, greeting, so to speak, with a section about spiritual warfare. So that's how we're going to divide the book up. But like I said, we're, we're jumping ahead into uh, the, the, the family section, and there's a section about marriage from uh, chapter 5, starting in verse 22, uh, till the end of that chapter. And then there's a section, uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, about uh, parents and, 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 and kids. And then there's a section, which seems strange to us, about slaves and masters, but you know that was such a huge part of the ancient world. And uh, Christians didn't have the clout to be able to you know, legally eradicate it. So Paul had to teach them how to live if they were in that uh, situation at this point in their lives. And we'll talk about that later. But uh, let's read chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And uh, there's a couple of simple commands here, although they're not necessarily simple to live out. So we'll kind of look at the commands and then get into uh, some of the application kind of things, uh, some of the different issues you deal with at, at the end. But it says, Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. We had our kids memorize this verse when they were little. Uh, (laughs) It says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So there's two commands there. Children, obey your parents. And then it says to honor your parents. So uh, let's look at those two. First of all, said children are to obey uh, their parents. The word obey here literally means to listen under, to listen under. And, and so it's, it's the idea that uh, God has built into the world certain structures of authority, and, and one of those is a parent having authority over their children. And so uh, kids... If you're to listen to your parents because you're under their authority, and that authority that they've been given comes from God. So, commanded to obey. Now, let's look though, there are a couple of limits to, to this obedience, okay? The first one is this I believe it applies you know, while we're in your parents' home. In, in the previous chapter, in Ephesians 5.31, and this quoting God from Genesis chapter 2, it says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So there is a point of leaving. Not that your parents ever cease to be uh, your parents, but there is a place where you, um, a time where you move out, you get established on your own, you begin your own family, and at that point, you're not under your parents' authority anymore. And, and really, one of the things that will determine how well young couples do in, in their marriage is how well this gets lived out. Do they cut the apron string? Do, do, do the parents uh, let go? I mean, do you establish your own identity? Do you establish uh, your own uh, family? And, and so there is a point in time at which the obedience command uh, doesn't apply anymore. Now, in our culture today, uh, we act like that, you know, that automatically happens when somebody turns 18. You're not going to find that in the Bible, though. Um. I mean, there's not any kind of age. I don't know that there's like a specific verse that says exactly when this happens. I mean, I think the verse we just read guides us in that. 
But, you know, as I believe, as long as you live in your parents' home, you're under their authority. So if you move out at 17 and you establish your own thing, I'm not talking about going to college if your parents are still footing the bills for you. You still better listen to them. But, I mean, if you're 43 and living in your mom's basement, you probably still need to listen to mom. Um, So uh, until you establish your own home, I believe you're under your parents' authority. And of course, you know, this is where you get into some things where it's a little bit hard to apply because culturally we're so different. I mean, at the time when this was, uh, this, this was written, you know, farther back in Jewish society, there were multiple generations living in the same home. And you probably, you definitely did if you're a female, but uh, probably even if you're a male, you were living in your parents' home until you got married and possibly even uh, after that. I think this is probably the best way uh, we can take it and apply it in our uh, culture today, but, but there's a second limit that he gives here, and that is that if, there's, if your parent tells, and, and, and kids that are in here, teenagers, you better not take this and use it in the wrong way, because you'll have to answer to me and your parents, okay? But if your parents tell you to do something that is directly in disobedience to the Word of God, you're not obligated to do it, okay? Now, if, if they tell you to eat something that you don't want to eat or clean your room or stop playing video games, you can't find a verse for that, I promise you. Okay? Don't try. Because um, then your parents can call me and I can yell at you. I, I bet they'll let me just while they yell at you too. Okay? We'll double team you. But if, if your parents tell you to do something that is directly in disobedience to the Word of God, because it says here... Children, obey your parents in the Lord. In the Lord. So, if your parents tell you to kill somebody, you don't have to do it. If your parents tell you to tell a lie, to steal something, to break one of God's commandments, you don't have to do it. Um, I mean, if, and, and this could be a real thing. I mean, if, if someone, if, if, a, if a child became a Christian, their parents weren't Christians, or they were a part of a different religion, and their parents said, um, you know, disavow Jesus, they can disobey their parents in doing that. There are cases where, like the apostles, we must obey God rather than men. Now, this is going to be a rare exception and and certainly not a norm, but really the Bible teaches us that all human authority is delegated authority that comes from God through his word. And so what that means is uh, if, if, if an authority is telling you to do something that goes against the word of God, you can always appeal to a higher authority. And God is the ultimate authority. So that's why if the government tells us to break a law, even though we're under the authority of the government, uh, we don't have to disobey God in doing that. That's the principle here with kids. It's the same thing with husbands and wives. You know, the Bible tells wives to submit to their husband, but also in the Lord. If he's telling her, you know, to do something that goes against God, then it's not, you can appeal to a higher authority at that point in time. So human authority is not unlimited. And it's important that we understand that because really abuse comes from the misuse of authority. Cults come from giving people unlimited authority. So in the Lord, okay, so there's limits uh, to this obedience. 
But, but he also here, I believe, gives us a couple of reasons for uh, our obedience. First of all, simply because it does honor the Lord. Uh, that would be the other implication of um, the phrase here, in the Lord. Uh, Colossians 3.20, a parallel passage, says, Children, when you obey your parents, you're being well-pleasing to the Lord. Basically, let me put it this way. Unless your parents are asking you to go against God and his word and, and do something that's unethical or immoral, uh, kids, when, when you obey your parents, you're obeying God. That's how he set this up. You're also, and, and by obeying God, you're honoring him. You're also following the example of Jesus. You know, the Bible doesn't say a lot about Jesus when he was a kid, but there's this little couple, couple of verses, the end of Luke chapter 2. Uh, Jesus was 12. It says, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and it says he was subject to them. What, what's that mean? That means he was obedient to them. He was really the kid who never did anything wrong. I mean, could you imagine being his brother or sister? I mean, this would be so annoying. I mean, I wonder if Mary and Joseph would be like, why can't you just act like Jesus? <laughs> and they just got, I don't know, they just got sick of that maybe. Uh, but it says his mother kept all these things in her heart. She was trying to figure it out. You know, she didn't really uh, understand it all. And it says Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. We're being like Jesus. Uh, you're honoring the Lord. You're honoring your parents by obeying them. Uh, you know, when you do what they say in the Lord with the right attitude. The second reason it says here at the end of verse 1, uh, Paul says, for this is right. For this is right. And I think that applies in a couple of different ways. It's just right. It's natural law. Um, what culture, what society, what group of people has ever really denied this? There may be some uh, somewhere out there at some point in history that I don't know of, but this is just built into the very fabric of nature and life, right? That kids ought to obey their parents. But even beyond that, uh, the, the Greek word here for right literally means righteous. And so ultimately what it's saying is it's built into the law of God. It, we're doing the right thing, the, the, the righteous thing, when we obey our parents as kids. Now, I want us to think about the law of God for a minute because I want to make a point here. The Reformers talked about God's law having three uses. Okay, there's, a, there, there's the use where it shows us who we are and it shows us where God is, who God is. There's the use of just kind of the restraining effect against evil that a society has to have laws that come from the law of God. And then it's given also to guide a believer in how to live life. Now, let me say it more simply. So God's law is like a mirror. When we look in the God's law... It shows us who we are. It shows us that we're sinners who fall short. And it shows us God's character. It shows us God's holiness. So think about this. You ever disobey your parents? Yeah. I have, right? You ever dishonored your parents? We're all guilty, right? And, you know, in the Old Testament, though, 
there were instances when you know, a, a, the parents could stone the children. Did you realize that? You might want to read Leviticus after all, but uh, <laughs> uh, but but now, but I, I think about it. Okay, I'm not saying go stone your kids, um, but <laughs> don't take it out of context. Even when next time you're mad, but um, basically, though, think about it. We deserve those stones. You know, in James, the Bible says, now, now we probably tend in some ways, you know, now that we're older, you know, we could probably go back, and, and, and most of us, at least of my generation, older maybe the generation before, you know, we, we could tell stories of stupid stuff we did, and we got in trouble, and some of the spankings that we got, and these kind of things, and, you know, when we mouthed off to our parents and regretted it, and, 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 and this kind of stuff, you know, just stuff that we did, and kind of laugh about it today, but, you know, it, it is serious because the Bible says in James chapter 2, if we break the law, God's law at one point, we're guilty of all. You realize every time we ever disobeyed our parents, dishonored our parents, that was sin that separated us from God and is enough to send us to hell. We need a Savior. You see, the law was not given to make us righteous. The law was given to make us or show us that we're unrighteous and we can't save ourselves. So our only hope is the grace of God. Our only hope is the finished work of Jesus on the cross, him dying to atone for our sins. So if you think you're righteous on your own, if you're good enough to make it to God on your own, God says you disobeyed your parents, you dishonored your parents, that's enough to send you to hell. That's what the law does. But the law is also like a guardrail. Uh, you know, we, we know what a guardrail is. It's designed to keep you on the road. And so, apart from the law of God, apart from children um, obeying and honoring their parents, what's going to happen to society? Well, it's literally going to go off the rails, right? It, it, it's going to implode at some point. And, you know, we see that happening today, and, you know, we'll talk more about this on Father's Day, but, you know, one of the biggest issues we have in our society today is so many kids don't have a parent who will actually obey and honor, don't know who their parent, don't know who their father is. God gave us his commands and, and said in 1 John that his commands are not burdensome. They're designed to be a blessing to us. They're designed to keep us on track, help us to live in a way where life can actually work. Because life's only going to work right when we live it under God's authority according to the way that he's designed it and revealed it to be in his word. And then uh, the, the law is designed to be kind of like a GPS that guides us in how we live our lives as, as believers. And so, you know, kids, if, if you're in your parents' home, you want to uh, honor Jesus, follow the Lord, live the way God wants you to live, build the right foundation in your life, obey your parents. But second, he says here in verses 2 and 3, that children are to honor their parents. Now, I said before, I believe that obedience is limited to while we are in our parents' home, but I believe that honor is a lifelong command. And, and you can honor your parents without having to obey them. Um, you know, obedience is action, honors attitude. 
and the right expression of that attitude. What, what does honor mean? Well, a Greek scholar by the name of Kenneth Wiest puts it this way. Honor is tomeo, the Greek word tomeo, which means to estimate or fix the value of something. So here's the idea. The more valuable you think something is, the more honor you're going to show to it. So honor comes out of valuing something rightly. Okay? So to honor someone, therefore, is to evaluate that person accurately and honestly and treat him with the deference, respect, reverence, kindness, courtesy, and obedience which his station in life or his character demands. Now, I think the last part of that is important. Because some of you have parents who are easy to honor because of their character. Some of you have parents who are difficult to honor because of their character. But but notice his definition here. His station in life or his character. The idea would be that even if your parent doesn't really earn respect because of the way they live, you still honor them because of their station in life because they are your parents. Now, how do we honor our parents? Well, Warren Wiersbe's written this. He says, it, talking about honor, means to show them respect and love, to care for them as long as they need us, and to seek to bring honor to them by the way that we live. So I think there's three areas there. Show them respect and love. So how we treat them, how we speak to them, how we speak of them. Uh, that could be uh, kids when you're living at home. May, you, know, you can obey your parents and dishonor them at the same time if you do what they say with a bunch of eye rolls and huffing and puffing and stomping out of the room and that kind of thing. You're obeying, which is right, but you're dishonoring, which is sin, at the same time. But, you know, even as we, as we get older, you know, we're out of our parents' home. We're not required to obey them. How do we speak to them? How do we converse with them? You know, do we still, uh, you know, spend time with them, talk to them, these kind of things? Or what if we disagree about something? Do we share our disagreement, which we have the right to do as adults, in a kind and loving kind of way, or we come across as smarting off to them and that kind of thing. I mean, we should talk to them more carefully than we talk to other people because if we value them like we should and we're honoring them like they should, but honestly, what's our tendency with family? We tend to be less careful in how we speak to them than we would uh, to, to other people. Um, sometimes I, if I'm frustrated with a family member, what I try to think about is, uh, if, if this were me and someone from, you know, church and I'm functioning as a pastor, I would probably be tactful with that person in what I said. Am I going to be at least as tactful in what I say to my family member? Sometimes I'm not, but I try to have that thought. So uh, if you would be tactful to a boss or a co-worker or, you know, whoever else, uh, would you at least be that tactful 
in, in how you speak uh, to a family member. You know, the last part of his definition, to seek to honor them by the way that we live. You know, we can dishonor our parents by living a life that's dishonorable. You know, particularly if they tried to invest in us and lead us the right way and those kind of things. But the middle part of his definition, to care for them as long as they need us. To look after them, to make sure their needs are met. That may be, uh, you know, them moving in our home at some point. It, it, it may be, uh, you know, putting them in some kind of assisted living or nursing home or something like that when we can't take care of them, but to make sure they're taken care of, to help them financially if there's a need there. I mean, look what the Bible says, Matthew chapter 15. It says, And the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father and mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. In other words, what was going on? is, you know, they're told to honor their parents. Their parents had a need, you know. They didn't have welfare, social security, pension plans in the same way uh, that we do in our country today. And, and basically what they were doing is they're saying, well, I can't help uh, my parents because I've committed to give this gift to the Lord in which maybe they weren't even really giving it to the Lord. But Jesus said, you're being a hypocrite, you can't honor God by disobeying one of my commandments. Listen to what 1 Timothy 5.3 says. It says, honor widows who are really widows. Uh, that's speaking to the church, but it says, But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay, notice that word, repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. Now she who is really a widow and left alone, trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. And these things command that they may be blameless. But if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So that's something we're commanded to do. And, 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 you know, like my mom is, I mean, she's still blessed with really good health and take care of herself, all those kind of things. She may do more for us than we do for her. But part of the reason we moved back here uh, 17 years ago later this summer, uh, you know, we came back to start the church. But, um, you know, part of that decision-making process, a lot of you know if you've been around True Life that, that my brother, uh, my younger brother died unexpectedly in, uh, in, in May of uh, 2002. And, um, you know, we felt a responsibility biblically based on these verses because my mom and dad are divorced. My mom never remarried to come back and be here closer to her after that had, had happened. And that's the kind of things that we have to think about if we're going to apply these verses is honor our parents, you know, repay them, look after them, take care of them, be there for them. Uh, you know, this is the part of the decision-making process that we have to live with as adults. And a lot of 
these things. You know, uh, circumstances are different. In, in some circumstances, you know, it's going to be better maybe if you know, you're taking care of your parents in your home. In some places, maybe they're going to have to have full-time medical care. Those kind of, you know, there's not right and wrong in those kind of things, but we have to seek to apply these principles. So we're told to honor our parents. And, and he gives a couple of reasons uh, for, for doing this. And, and you know, this promise that's here in, in, in verses 2 and 3, basically he says if you honor your parents, there's going to be a quality of life and a quantity of life. Uh, he says that it would be well with you. And, and, and basically the, the idea of that would be is, you know, Proverbs teaches us to listen to the wisdom of our parents. And if they're giving us godly wisdom and we follow that, it's going to add to the quality of our life throughout our days. Now, the second part, quantity of life, says that you may live long. You know, Bible scholars really kind of debate on exactly what this means because it says it's a promise, but, you know, that doesn't mean that every person who dies young, I don't think, is, you know, they've been dishonoring their parents or, or something like that. So, you know, how do we interpret it? And I don't know that I can tell you for sure, but this is what I think. You know, the Bible doesn't guarantee us any certain length of life. In fact, it says that God has our days numbered, written in a book uh, before we're ever born, Psalm 139. So uh, here's, I agree with John MacArthur. He puts it this way. He says, the believer who honors his parents can know that his lifetime will be the full measure God intends rather than cut short like those of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 and certain members of the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So if you honor your parents, I don't believe that means you're going to live to be 90 necessarily. I just mean if it believes you're not going to lose time from what God has planned for you because of your dishonor and your disobedience. That's how I would interpret it. You can feel free uh, to agree to disagree with me on that and come up with a different interpretation, but that's what makes the most sense to me. So, Two commands here, to obey, to honor. Uh, Why do we do this? Because it's right, because it pleases God. And then there's a promise of blessing, exactly however that works itself out that comes to it, uh, of quality of life and quantity of life. So let me finish up by just giving a few applications here. Because, um, you know, in, in one way it's pretty simple, cut and dry, obey your parents, honor your parents. But... In the real world, I think applying this, living it out, is maybe not that simple or easy. So let me share a few things as we close. So um, let me just go back to what I said about the law. And if you're not a Christian, you need to realize that you have broken God's law in this way and in many others. And, and, and that God calls it sin. And our sins separate us from God. But that God loves us so much that he came and he died for us. And so we need to see our sin. That's the purpose of the law. It's a mirror. And stop excusing and justifying our sin. That every time we disobeyed our parents, dishonored our parents, we have sinned against God. We need his forgiveness. We need his salvation. Why is this such a serious thing? I mean, I mean think about it. Um, you know, our parents are kind of a picture of God to us. I mean, think about it. They gave us life. I mean, think about it. In most cases, there may be some exceptions in this room, how much your parents sacrificed for you. But yet we disobey them. We dishonor them. That's a picture of God. He gave us life. 
He sacrificed himself for us. But yet we disobey and dishonor him. That's why sin's so serious. That's why we need a Savior. Repent and place your faith in Jesus Christ today. So if you still live at home, obey your parents with the right attitude. If you're an adult living at home, don't try to have it both ways. Don't try to say, well, you know, I'm an adult. I'm 18 or 28 or whatever, so I can do what I want to do while your parents are supporting you. That's hypocrisy. Um, you know, as adults, let's resolve that it's God's will for us, whatever it looks like in our given situations, to continue to love, respect, and take care of our parents as needed. Um, let's also realize that as adults, you know, we may have to make some different decisions, go in a different uh, direction, uh, you know, th- than maybe our parents want us to. We have the freedom to do that, but we need to express our disagreements in an honorable kind of way. Um, you know, if I would have listened to my dad, I would not have gone into the ministry. Now, I don't think I dishonored him and how I handled that, but I had to listen to the Lord. And, you know, 20 years, so, well, no, it wasn't that long. A few years later, I got to baptize my dad. Um, I heard Philip tell a story. He was teaching this passage when he was in Honduras last year about a man in Africa who became a Christian. And his parents basically, uh, you know, disowned him. But then, um, you know, he continued to honor his parents. His parents, uh, you know, kind of came into some health difficulties. None of his brothers or sisters, you know, would be there for them. And even though they had kind of disowned him when he heard about this, he looked after his parents, took care of his parents. And through that, his parents became Christians. That's what it means to honor our parents, even if we're having to go in a different direction as we follow the Lord. Now, We need to be real about the fact that there are certainly situations where honor is difficult because parents haven't lived in an honorable way. But their disobedience doesn't give us a right to disobey. In cases like that, we honor because of position. Remember that phrase, station in life? Instead of character. Out of obedience to God... That is, the desire is to please him. Um, now, this doesn't mean that maybe there's not boundaries, that there's not respectful disagreement, but it's about how we treat them. You know, maybe in some cases, the way you honor uh, your parent is by forgiving them. And, and so, let's just be real. That in the real world, this isn't always easy to live out because, you know, not every family is just that perfect little family. In fact, there's not many of those. But we're still called to honor. Now, lastly, look at verse 4 real quick. We'll get into this in detail in, on Father's Day. But I think we need to say a little something about parents. Um, it says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. But bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Parents, we got a responsibility here as well. I mean, you know, just to say to kids, well, you know, God wants you to obey and God wants you to honor. I think, you know, in the real world, our focus ought to be to 
Treat them in such a way, lead them in such a way, love them in such a way, set such an example for them to train them in such a way that it's easy for them to obey and honor us. That, that they want to do it, that this should be uh, one of our uh, parenting goals. And so, you know, are we doing that? Are, are they able to honor us because of our character? Or do they have to force themselves to honor us just out of obedience to God? Listen, as parents, we're the adults. I think the primary responsibility is on us. Kids are going to be kids, right? They're going to do dumb stuff like we did dumb stuff. They're going to push back. They're little sinners just like we were as kids. We have a responsibility. Let me close with this. There's an image on the screen. This guy's name is Frank Martin. He's a basketball coach at the University of South Carolina. He's one of these crazy basketball coaches that just, uh, you know, just kind of can lose it sometimes. But he, he says this. He says, you know what makes me sick to my stomach? When I hear grown people say that kids have changed. Kids haven't changed. Kids don't know anything about anything. We've changed as adults. We demand less of kids. We expect less of kids. We make their lives easier instead of preparing them for what life is truly about. We're the ones that have changed. We need to take responsibility to not provoke our children to wrath, but to raise them in the training and admonition of the Lord, to make it as easy as possible for somebody who has a sin nature to obey and to honor us. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and we'll close in prayer.